The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. And for some reason, there were two in the strawberry and one in the chocolate, and nobody can figure out why. (laughs) Hi, everybody. You picked a very awkward time to join us. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening, and welcome to week 14, technically the 13th episode of season three of the kickoff here on the W2M Network. I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Joining me as per usual, the co-host turned executive producer, Brandon Biscabing. How's it going, guys? This should be fun. And the executive producer turned co-host, Eric Watkins. Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. (laughs) Now now it's uh, acceptable for you to do that. Yes, it is. Uh, question, question, Eric. Yes. Is the next line of that song "How Lovely Are Thou" crashes? <laughs> yeah, that's <what> <laughs> okay. For those of you who don't understand the reference, and why would you? Because we haven't told you yet. Unfortunately, Jason Teasley will not be with us today. He had a situation with a Christmas tree, a glass coffee table, and a four a.m. wake-up call that nobody wants. Uh, Brandon, to put it into wrestling parlance, you could say that it was a stone cold stunner. Yeah. That's glass shattered. I, I, I would have to say so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now that all my smarky comments are out of the way, let's go ahead and get into today's show. We start, as we usually do, with studs and duds. In the honor of the missing Jason Teasley, I will give his here. His stud for the week was Aaron Rodgers. Man, he's coming right out the gate at, at you guys, isn't he? Coming right out the gate at himself. Yep. As Rodgers led Green Bay to a victory over the Giants that helped them further establish their lead in the NFC North. Now a two-game lead. Technically three, because I think they already beat the Vikings in one of their head-to-head matchups as well. They did. So, yeah, it's basically three games up with four to play. It's it's not looking good for anybody else in the NFC North. The Packers are more or less a victory away from having that thing on lock. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, uh, Minnesota is still trying to hang in there, but... It's still Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Although, to be fair to Kirk Cousins, he actually played really well against Seattle. And we can't put the blame on the fourth quarter on him. He never got the opportunity to try to come down and tie the game. His kickoff returner fumbled. Okay, I agree with that. But at the same time, what does that make him now? 0-8 on Monday Night Football? Russell Wilson's 9-2? 0-8 in time games, period, I think. It's not necessarily just Monday Night Football. Oh, no, that's specifically Monday Night Football. 0-8. Um, Eric, this one's for you. You ready? Ready. You know that fumble that happened to end the game? Mm-hmm. You know it was a homer because Minnesota said, go! Oh, that was glorious. So glorious. Maybe so proud. Honorary <laughs> stud to... 
Travis Homer, not just for the fumble, but also for the getting the first down on the fake punt. If the U can't do anything in actuality, at least their guys are still doing stuff in the NFL this year. We'll talk more about the University of Miami here in a few seconds. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. You're stud, Eric. With an honorary mention to a man who's had an honor a couple of weeks ago, Tevita Tuli Aki Ono Tui Pulotu Mosese Vahai Fehoko Paletaovea. Get Zunai? Yeah, you, you probably know him better as Vita Vea, defensive lineman for the Bucks, and now the heaviest player ever to score an offensive touchdown. More importantly, where the hell did you pull that from? Google? <laughs> yes, as a matter no, of fact. No, he pulled it from the infinite resource bank that is his head. Well, I, I knew that it was some sort of long thing because I know especially with Samoan and Pacific Islander descent, his name couldn't just be Vita Vea. Look, for example, Kaipo, who played at Navy. But I didn't realize it was that long. I'm just glad I got through all of that in one shot. I'm, I'm impressed mm-hmm. that you were able to pronunciate that correctly. Honorary Hawaiian status, sir. Mahalo. <laughs> Mahalo, bitches. But anyway, my stud for an even bigger squid bit than that, one Brian Flores. Yes, we all know the Dolphins are, for lack of a better term, tanking. But they're playing hard. They're playing well. They're still in position to get a top five pick. And let's face it, you when you have a trick play, that is the trick play to end all trick plays, to see something that, in one aspect, has not happened since 1977, and another aspect that hasn't happened since 1964, for calling the Mountaineer shot in that position and it helping you win the game against the Eagles, you earn stud status in my mind. Um, that whole tanking thing, they could have fooled me over the last few weeks that they're tanking. Yeah, because they actually, you know, care, and they're actually half-talented. Ooh, 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 ooh. We're going to talk about... We're going to talk about the Dolphins here in a few seconds, and Eric, I, I, I think you'll be impressed with this one. I have a squid bit of my own. Ooh. I like where this is going. I like where this is going. Brandon Stud. My stud for the week is Jared Goff, who went... who. Went on an absolute tear against the Cardinals, throwing for 424 yards and two touchdowns. Those two touchdowns were by halftime, I will point out. Yeah. When Arizona was, when, excuse me, when the Rams were already leading, excuse me, the Ramses, <laughs> sorry, Eric, were already leading 20 to nothing. The thing is, is even given Goff's impressive stat for line for that game, it probably could have been even better had the Cardinals not, you know, Sucked. Mm-hmm. Seven and five. Seven and five. Okay, but seven and five and only a game behind Minnesota now. How, yeah, how, we, don't, we didn't need to talk about that part, Harry. You, you, you know what's funny? You, you know what's funny? I have a feeling, unless there are three uh, NFC West teams that make it into the uh, into the playoffs, the third place NFC. West team will probably have a better record 
than the first place NFC East team this year. Oh, believe me, we'll be talking about that dumpster fire of a division soon enough. Something that really, well, hey, I mean, we're seeing things that we've only seen potentially 27 times since the NFL went to a 16-game schedule in 78. And if things go a certain way, we could see something for only the fourth time in that time frame. So, Eric. Yes. You know, you know how we sometimes, on occasion, get I get made fun of when teams row the boat against my other football team. Oh yes, I I, I remember that. Yeah. Well, Wisconsin just sunk the damn boat. Yeah, they, Minnesota went from rowing the boat to getting boat raced. As Wisconsin goes into Minneapolis with the Big Ten West on the line and proceeds to put a beating on the Golden Gophers, 38-17, to to clinch the Big Ten West and advance to a rematch with the Ohio State Buckeyes in the Big Ten Championship game. We'll be talking a little bit more about that game here in a few moments, so don't worry. There's there's plans for that. Dramatic reverb. Plans on multiple levels, actually. That works on two different fronts, but we'll explain that once we get to the uh, segments at hand. Jason's dud is Philadelphia. We already discussed why Philadelphia would be the dud. They lost to Miami. Can I go next? Sure. Of course. There's a reason, because it ties into Philadelphia, and it ties into Miami specifically. J E T You lost to freaking Cincinnati. And now they get to face Miami this week. Maybe it'll do be two for two for them. Wait, 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 wait. That that brings me to my squid bit. Eric, are you ready? I'm ready. The Jets become the first team in NFL history to lose to two different teams that were 0-7 or worse. In the same season. The 0-7 Dolphins, the 0-11 Bengals. Adam Gase, I don't think your job is very secure at the present moment, good sir. Can, can I go? They said he'd be back for 2020. I still think he's going to get fired Ron Rivera style. Can I go next since you just segued me perfectly into that? And and plus, this is also a team that should be winning this game, especially considering it's at home and it's a crappy team they're facing. Yeah, Carolina Panthers, you are my dud for losing to the Redacteds. How do you lose? At home, no less. Well, I mean, did you see the last play of the game? I did. Okay, then. That's how you lose to the Redactants. <laughs> I mean, well, okay. That's an even bigger dud, actually, now that I think about it. They managed to recover the onside kick, and they had the opportunity to tie the game, and they blow it at the goal line. Well, there's good news out of this. Yes. We'll talk about more, that more later. No. Would you like the actual good news out of this game? Okay. Dwayne Haskins did not miss a victory formation. 
He didn't take a selfie this time, Bull. Mm-hmm. Uh, that too. <laughs> just saying, throw it back. All right, Eric, wrap us up. Who's your dud? Speaking of Miami teams, um, hey, Coach Diaz. I love you. <laughs> but um, what you're doing, I thought FIU was going to be the low point of the season. Then Duke happens. Not Duke contending for the Coastal Division, Duke. Not Duke actually having a shot at getting to a high or a mid to high profile bowl game, Duke. Not basketball, Duke. Exactly, not basketball, Duke. I would have completely understood if that was at uh, Cameron. No qualms there. Oh, but, okay. Real quick, real quick before you continue with that, go Lumberjacks. S F A S F A. Okay, continue. But, um, yeah, donate to that uh, GoFundMe. You'd be doing everybody a very good service. You lose to a mediocre, correct me if I'm wrong, ineligible for a bowl game, Duke. Yes, I, I believe that was only Duke's fourth win of the season. Yes, it's on the road, but it's still Duke. You expect any kind of recruiting after this crap to end the season? I'm sorry, but my boys, y- y'all my duds. Y- y- y'all really got to step it up. They, they need to go back to uh, their uh, their winning ways. So what you're saying is, is they need to recruit a, recruit a couple of convicts? Yes, precisely. You know, that wouldn't necessarily <laughs> be the worst of ideas. I mean... <laughs> Not to go into a, you know, a little bit of a, you know, off, not off topic, but onto a little uh, separate. Make it quick because I want to stay on something resembling a decent pace here. Yes, but it, it, it seems, unfortunately, it seems that the schools that don't care as much about character and don't care as much about, uh, whether or not they're doing any shady dealings are unfortunately the ones that are more successful. Uh, five and seven. Real quick, Eric, five and seven for the Dukies. Five and seven. I can't even argue with Brandon's point, though. He's right. Oh, what happened to the state of Miami? I, I, my my guess is it turned into a city. <laughs> well played. On a related note to the University of Miami and such things here, at least that they at least you guys remain bowl eligible at six and six. They had a stat come out. Uh, I was checking the ESPN thing because I kind of track these things when I do my season records and stuff. Anyway. 78 teams will go to a bowl game. There are 79 bowl-eligible teams. So there's going to be one 6-6 six and six team left out. The general belief, according to ESPN, is that it will be Central Michigan. Therefore, they get honorary dud status for the week if that does happen. Yeah, given the state of the MAC, that wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Is, is this, so what, this seems to be the first season in at least a little while that there aren't any under 500 teams. 
Fallout. Uh, I think the last time was 2016. The last two years have had a pair of five yeah. and 17 bowling just because of the fact that there's so many goddamn bowl games. <laughs> okay, let's move on. So that happened. Okay, Jason's not with us, so I will go ahead and give you guys his. Um, yeah. Apparently, if you work in the press and you're at a Michigan Wolverine press conference after the game against Ohio State, you're going to piss off Jim Harbaugh. To be fair, if you had played the way you did against Ohio State, you probably deserved to be pissed off Jim Harbaugh. There was a reporter in the Michigan press conference that had the audacity to ask, what is the main difference in the gap of talent between Michigan and Ohio State right now? I believe one of the exact words that was used was, why is it that you guys cannot seem to defeat them anymore? And Harbaugh went off. Look at the bright side, Jim. You may not have this problem much longer. (laughs) Yeah, really. Mm, It's that whole situation's up in the air. Michigan, this is about Michigan's peak. Just like you said about those that want more character, Michigan men, academic standards. Yeah, Michigan's upholding to that. So winning 10 games, getting throttled by Ohio State, and therefore not winning the Big Ten. Yeah, that's about your ceiling. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm just going to put this into perspective for you. The Michigan football team won nine games this season. Mm Mm-hmm. The Michigan's men's basketball team has won eight games this month. Mm-hmm. Just tossing it out there. Yep. Yeah. All right. All right, Brandon. So that happened. My so that happened, we've already kind of referenced a couple of times, but it is one Ron Rivera getting fired. Bye, Ron. Good luck finding another uh, job somewhere else, probably in an even crappier team. Uh, um, yeah. Actually, I have I have a bold prediction to make. Oh, God. It's not that bold if it's the prediction I'm thinking, because I have heard similar rumors. 2020 NFL season starts, and Ron Rivera is the coach of the Cleveland Browns. That's not the prediction I was thinking of. I don't think Freddie Kitchens survives the season, especially if the Browns end up under 500. Too much talent on that team for Kitchens to keep his job, and Rivera has a reputation as a quarterback whisperer, so him working with Mayfield makes sense. I mean, that would work, or when you have a guy that's a very solid defensive mind and you've got guys that are... Have clever nicknames like, oh, I don't know, Danny Loose Change. I mean, it's possible. Things are possible. Where are you hearing, Eric? I've been hearing some rumors, and there's a slight swell that the Giants could potentially be interested, and it would be a decent fit. I'd be okay with that. I mean, Shermer hasn't exactly been the greatest head coach granted they have a lot more problems than just head coach but so yeah so what you're saying is Shermer stepped in Macadoodoo yes yes precisely 
the the bitch that could have been with that segment. I Eric. know. I know. <laughs> but, but that's the thing. But that's the thing. He's he's so bad. He's such crap that no one wanted anywhere near him. So bad that he fucks up podcast segments. Yep. Exactly. It's like the entire league used a poopoo to get rid of his stench. <laughs> oh. The 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 uh the, the, oh, the, the crap dog. Bro. Bro. I'm I'm groaning the poo reference. Eric, so that happened. Hey, again, we have already said that we are corporate shills and we will get sponsors for anything <laughs> on this show. I am just expanding your potential portfolio. Eric, all I have to say to that is I cannot be bought. I can be rented, however. <laughs> <laughs> For my so that happened, I've got a couple of honorary mentions. Number one, Harry, remember when you mentioned a certain Division Three football team when we had a discussion a couple weeks ago? <sighs> Fucking mountain. The Purple Raiders had their earliest playoff exit since 1994. Shout out to North Central Illinois and their 54-52 second round victory. 59-52? I actually looked this I looked this up on ESPN when you mentioned it. Yeah. Did, yeah. did you say uh, 69? 59, oh, get your okay. mind out of the gutter. <laughs> exactly. I was about to say Giggy. Let's go. <laughs> but Besides, I, 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 think you, I, I, think you jinxed, I think you jinxed them, Harry. <laughs> well, they weren't the only one to take an early hiatus. Well, I mean, they're not taking an early hiatus. This hiatus is much more permanent as <laughs> a... Coming off of another disappointing three and nine season, although they're an arch rival of my alma mater, I was really hated to hear this news, as the JU Dolphins football is officially no more. After what was described as a data analysis, looking over all of the programs and benefits to the university. The school made the decision to terminate the football program, which sucks because they've been around for just about 25 years. And now, and this leaves the city of Jacksonville without an NCAA football team of any kind to speak of until the Edward Waters College Tigers can transition themselves from NAIA to Division II, which I hope they can in short order. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jacksonville would be FCS, correct? Yes, the Pioneer League. There seems to be a lot of uh, FCS schools that are deciding to drop football. I remember back uh, in 2010, Hofstra decided to drop football. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a there was a big swell, groundswell of programs in general dropping it. Let's not forget that we briefly lost an FBS team in UAB for like three seasons mm-hmm. as well. And look at how they've come back with a vengeance since. Uh, we'll be talking about UAB here, and I've got a question. Well, not You'll see in a few seconds. Okay. 
And and yeah, those were just the honorable mentions, but um real shout out to the Iron Bowl. Just CBS very good on you for keeping up the production war and having all of your music going into commercial breaks. But uh, someone needs to tell the landscapers to kind of do a better job on those hedges right on the back of the end zone. <laughs> I think she's still stuck. She, she might be. because I mean, <laughs> that, that, that was in a pretty deep situation. And I know all about getting stuck deep in family. <laughs> But overall, that was just a fantastic game. You had offense. You had pick sixes. You had doinks. I mean, it was just great for everybody, including me, because finally, goodbye, Alabama. Oh, thank you, Gus Malzahn. Thank you, thank you. I I just saw, I, I think I sent the link in the group chat as well, the article on CBS or Yahoo Sports. Alabama drops to 12th. In the latest college football poll, or in the latest, yeah, the latest college football playoff poll, Auburn just ahead of them at eleven. <laughs> to, which, to, which somebody, to which somebody on Twitter, and I don't remember who it was. I'll give credit where I can if I can find it. Posted Auburn eleven, Alabama twelve. You know the amount of players on that fourth down play. <laughs> <laughs> I have an interesting question, and I have, I have a feeling uh, Eric will probably know the answer. How long has is is this the lowest? How long has it been since Alabama has been ranked this low? All right, I can answer that myself, actually. Okay, I know this. Ah, stepping on your throne, Eric. This is the first time in sixty-seven weeks that Alabama has been outside of the top five in the college football poll. So what year was that? Uh, 67 weeks would be 2017. No. Well, are we talking 67? Oh. Yeah, oh, I was yeah. going to say, this, six, this couldn't be 67 well, continuous weeks. Well, you're looking at about 2014, 2013. Yeah. 2014. Maybe the loss to Alabama, maybe the loss to Auburn on the kick six in 2014. That would be a good guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not going to keep him off the field. <laughs> Rest in peace, Rod Bramley. I've read that article in ESPN. That story is fucking depressing. Jeez. Okay, let's move on. My so that happened. Um, Eric, so you know how we talked about what could happen when teams get into Rutgers, but then mm-hmm. it didn't happen mm-hmm. because they weren't willing to make the concessions? Mm-hmm. Well, apparently they're willing to make the concessions now. Eight years, $32 million. The head coach of the Rutgers Scarlet Knights is once again Greg Schiano. Rutgers fans, you're welcome. There will be a new football-only athletic facility built on campus to rival those of other programs in the Big Ten. There will be an increased an increased um, focus on recruiting. There will be an increased focus on the athletic department in general. These were all things that Shiano fought for in order to return to the university because he felt that despite the fact that he had some success at the University of Rutgers before, 68 and 67 as the head coach of Rutgers, which if you're over 500 at that school, you're doing the work. 
He here's the thing about Rutgers. I wasn't done. Okay. okay. <laughs> Thank you. As I was about to say, Rutgers will now have facilities that rival other teams in the Big Ten. Unfortunately, they're still in the Big Ten East, which means Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State. Well, I mean, look at back in the days when they were in the Big East, when you had Syracuse, Virginia Tech, Miami. So is it a daunting task? Hmm? Boston College when they didn't suck. Exactly. So is it a daunting task? Yes. But I honestly think with those investments, it's very achievable. Now, granted, there's a little bit of a hitch. Shiano, through fundraising, has to come up with half of the cost himself. The other half will be fronted. All right, Brandon, what was your your question? Well, it wasn't a question. It was a comment about this whole thing. Here's the thing about Rutgers. And while, yes, it doesn't get the same, you know, yes, it's not at the level of Texas, obviously. It's not at the level of some of the southern states. New Jersey, while not the biggest in the world, obviously, does have some pretty good football high school programs. Don Bosco, Paramus, or, uh, yeah, Paramus Catholic, um, you know, Bergen Catholic. There's a lot of good schools that have created some great players. You know, you've got, um, you've got J.J. Watt coming out of, uh, Bosco. You've got a bunch, you've got a, a lot of NFL players that have come out of New Jersey that if Shiano can be successful and convince them to stay home instead of going elsewhere, they can do something. They're they're not gonna be, you know, top dogs, they're not gonna be making the playoffs or anything. But do I think they can go from being the cellar dweller to being in the middle of the pack? Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that I, I think that this might be too tall of a task to ask to try to turn that Rutgers program around. I think you're too far behind the curve in the in the Big Ten. I mean, it's going to take a while, but if if well, look, if Shiano gets the resources and and he has the patience of the administration, I think it is the, certainly possible to at least do a little bit something and get them a little bit better. Okay, stupid question, Eric. How many teams are in the Big Ten? Fourteen. Yeah, exactly. Dumb math. Anyway, <laughs> what are, what are the other six teams in the Big Ten East? Can you name all six of them? Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State. Those those are your big four. Rutgers, Indiana, Maryland. Name one of those teams that you think Rutgers could be better than in three years. Indiana and Maryland. Uh, I was just going to say Maryland. I'm going to disagree with Indiana because Indiana is 7-5 and five and heading to a bowl game right now. Okay, but this is the first time. If they win their bowl game, this is the first time. For, are they 7-5? and five? I thought they were 8-4. and four. Or Either way, they're above 500 and qualified. Okay, but let me just say this. That 8-4 and four record, best that they've had since 93. The fact that they have a winning record in the Big Ten, also the first time since 1983. 
If I'm Shiano, that is my bar. And I honestly think that's doable. I just, I feel like, I feel like you're asking too much for Shiano here. I feel like you're setting him up to fail because of the fact that he is in such a difficult conference. If this were the Rutgers team that were still in the Big East and still had, well, I guess technically no such thing as the Big East now, but those programs that you mentioned in the Big East here, Boston College isn't nearly the program it used to be. Let's be honest. Miami's a dumpster fire right now, even with Manny Diaz. Six and six, six and six is not the hurricane way. Virginia You're damn right it isn't. Virginia Tech got reamed by fucking Virginia this past Sunday to lose the ACC Coastal. Now, to be fair, this actually completes the circle. Every team in the ACC Coastal has won the division at least once now. Parody, thy name is Coastal? (laughs) Yes. Virginia was the last one. Hmm. Almost like Thanos in the Infinity Stones. (laughs) Snap. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly well. We'll get to that later. <laughs> All right, that wraps up. I, I, I just thought of a hilarious joke about that. Make it quick. Uh, uh, ima- imagine if that uh, snap is Clemson going away out of the playoffs because they get beaten by Virginia. Yeah, I stand by the <laughs> statement that I made, and we'll talk about this in a little bit here. Uh, Clemson's going to beat the brakes off of Virginia. Oh, I'm not discounting that, but. But, all right, we need to go ahead and move on here. Um, I'm a survivor time. Uh, tis that time. Uh, unfortunately, not here to speak for himself. However... Eric, you know how we have the lead right now at six in a row? Mm-hmm. Jason Kintias this week. Oh, bugger. Jason's going for his sixth in a row after Kansas City hit for number five. Give me one quick second to switch switch brandings over on ESPN real quick so that way I can have the opponents in front of me. Uh, she is picking Minnesota against Detroit. And after Detroit laid an egg against Chicago on Thanksgiving night, I wouldn't be surprised. Quick question. What time is that game? That game is a 1 p.m. kickoff. Fuck. <laughs> Damn it. We're just, God, I need a bigger seat up here. Kind of got to swap the love seat in for a full-size couch. Damn it. Yeah, the, the throne is being shared. Uh, Brandon, I'm afraid. Oh, wait, wait. I have to do this properly. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. As Miami beat Philadelphia, therefore, your current streak is zero. Damn you, Philadelphia. Why this did... is what... <laughs> this Why is what you get have to for trust you. with the NFC East. Then, well, but granted, um, I'm surprised. I'm surprised no one picked uh, Carolina this week because they also would have been screwed. We knew better. It's still the NFC East, no matter how you slice it. If if it makes you feel any better, I have Carolina in my prediction. Okay. You, you Give me can... your. 
Give me your I'm a survivor pick, Brandon. Uh, mine is the Packers this week. Against? The Redacted. Uh-huh, because that worked out so well for Carolina. <laughs> I have a little more faith in the Packers than I do the Panthers. That's fair. I trust I trust Aaron Rodgers more than Kyle Allen, too. I do believe that the Kyle Allen experiment in Carolina may be over after this season as well. Yeah, coming back down to earth hard. Mm-hmm. They lost to Washington. They were doing oh, well sorry. in the first half, though. And I'm sorry, you talking about like that doesn't prove anything. Look at what I'm dealing with. Sorry wow. about that. No. Sorry about that. I had a I had an alarm go off. I had to silence. Apologies. All right, let's go ahead and move on here. Um, Eric, your streak is currently at three. Oakland, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. You're going for four in a row. I really hate to have to do this. I hate to have to do this. But I gotta. (sighs) Oh, by Tom Brady and the great trinity that is Bill Belichick. I know of thine ways against the mighty chiefs of Kansas City. I know of thine drawings and thine blood contracts. I beseech of thee for this one Sunday that thou bringeth another helping of defeat, as I know thou art capable of doing. <sighs> God, in your shower. <sighs> no longer friend of the show, Robert Taylor disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, 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 I'm sorry, but man, it's just... Of all the times in everything, in people talking crap about Brady playing until he's 80, and all of this with the Patriots' offense and everything with Kansas City, this is what New England does. The hoodie is at full effect in December. So, you mentioned uh, Carolina, Brandon. Yes. Yeah, about that. Falcons over Carolina. The dumpster fire in Charlotte continues. Oh, God. Oh, I thought you were going to take Carolina over Atlanta. No. Okay. I ain't stupid. I don't trust Atlanta, though, either. Look at their record. I trust Atlanta a hell of a lot more than I do Carolina right now. And again... With the whole Carolina thing there. They just lost at Dwayne Haskins. Do you really think that Matt Ryan ain't going to light them the fuck up? True. I'm just saying. All right, we move on. I've got a question. Nope. I've got a prediction. I like that. That That was smooth. I'm proud of myself here. All right, in the interest of saving some time, we're only going to do the Power Five. Okay. If you guys want to give a prediction on any of the group of five games, you're more than welcome to. I mean, I have one specifically that I want to talk about because I think it's going to screw everything up. I'll talk about that when I get to that game. 
Jason did not know we were doing this segment. Therefore, he did not send predictions. That's okay. Nothing hold against him. These games do not count in the standings. They are solely for entertainment purposes only. If you bet on them and you're wrong, well, you're a dumbass. I don't know. I mean, there's a few of us that have different track records in different areas based upon football gambling. Well, the two of us that should be gambling on football this year are me and Bisco, but that's neither here nor there. That's because, again, it's a lot easier. You two are the home run hitters. I'm the punch and Judy. You're the punch in under 500. <laughs> again, the big upsets. That's usually not my gig. Besides, my record's already ruined. And I never got that picture for prosperity, by the way. I, it's still in front of me. I have them written down. I can still send it. That's not an issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For those of you who are wondering what the hell we're talking about, it was revealed last week that in the current standings for the season, Eric was 4-20. and 20. Hey, hey, Eric, hey, smoke every day. <laughs> Eric, Eric wanted to quit making predictions right then and there and let Ex- that be his final season record. Exactly. And just, like, take the last few weeks off and toke up an honor. But <laughs> no, because someone wouldn't let me. <laughs> All right, uh, Eric, group of five prediction, who you got? Oh, let me go back for... Now, see, the one that I'm really worried about is the American, especially since that's a rematch. That's actually mine. Cincinnati over Memphis in order to send Boise State to the group of five, as the group of five representative. I wouldn't be 100% sure about that either. But yes, I'm taking Cincinnati. Go ahead. Do you think Hawaii's going to beat Boise State? I honestly think so. So Boise State, even if as good as they are, there's really going to be some chaos because how far up would Cincinnati climb? Does this give App State a shot? I'm not trusting Boise State, even though they are on the Smurf turf. See, I think App State should go if Boise State and Memphis both lose because Cincinnati already lost to Memphis in Memphis once already this year. Yeah, but look at the record. Cincinnati would avenge that loss and be the conference and, and the only other loss would be Ohio State, which is kind of hard to argue against. Mm-hmm. Brandon, would you like to make a group of five prediction? I don't know if how much um, football you are we it. Are we talking just uh, upsets or overall? In general, um, I mean the These only up straight. By the way, what? These picks are straight up for the okay. conference championship. Um, games. I I think the the most obvious one that I think you know they should be able to win it is App State against Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, well, didn't App, if I'm not mistaken, I think App State already beat Ulala earlier this season. Sorry, they are no longer Ulala. They are mm-hmm. now just University of Louisiana. I still know them as Ulala. Yep. Same here. As long as Same you've here. got Monroe in there, just no. <laughs> it, uh, is, it is uncaged. <laughs> it is unreached Cajun to not be called Ulala. And, and in spite of what uh, Eric said, I, I think Boise State will have that game in hand against Hawaii. Hawaii, I will say this much. I actually stayed up until 12.30 a.m. Eastern, 9.30 uh, 9 Pacific, 7.30 Hawaiian, 
and actually watch that oh, Hawaii versus Army game uh, last sun last Saturday into Sunday morning, it, and Army beat the sh- or Hawaii beat the shit out of Army. It does through thirty one. It doesn't help though that it's a four o'clock game, because that means it'll be an eleven a.m. game for Hawaii. Yeah, oh, but it's a... still a 2 o'clock game for Boise. Oh, yes, you're right. But at the same time, though, I would think that Boise State, given the fact that they've got they've got national ESPN coverage over these last couple of years, we've gotten kind of used to having those early afternoon starts, whereas, yeah. let's be honest, 11 o'clock in Hawaii, most people are usually just waking up and going out surfing at 5 a.m. <laughs> True, you've got a point right. there. We move on to the group of five games. Remember, these are just straight-up predictions. We will talk against the spread a little bit later on in the show, even though certain people still like to try to steal other people's predictions. Do you mean Power Five? Because we just did Group of Five. That's what I meant. Okay, so that you can get, but you can't look at people's predictions. (laughs) Anyway, all right. Uh, Who wants to go first? Um... I'll go first, I guess. Um, I'll, run them, I'll run them off in order of time of game played. You ready? Okay. Friday night, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, ABC. Pac-12 title, Utah and Oregon. Where is this game? Levi's Levi Stadium, Stadium in Santa Clara. Okay, so it's about equal from both places. Um, I, I think Utah will, will get this. Eric? Utah, much more dynamic and multifaceted on offense. The Ducks are starting to not quack as loudly. Oregon, because they're pissed off over the fact that they let a potential college football playoff spot fall away. And they're going to take it out on the rest of the Pac-12 by beating Utah. Oh, whoop de do. So that means that they'll still be pretty much getting into the Rose Bowl. Yep. Yay. <laughs> and it just solidifies that the Pac 12 will not make it into the playoff, and thus, who knows what will no. happen this offseason. Here? Well, in fairness to lost team in the Pac 12, you weren't making the playoff anyway. Well, yes. Just because the quality of competition in the Pac-12 is not nearly what it is in the Big 12 or the or even further east in the Big 10 and the SEC specifically. Yeah. Real quick, if Oregon wins this game, it is a $30 million hit to the Pac-12. Why is that? Because that's how much a team in the college football playoff gets. Oh, okay. Yeah, especially like well, it'll be a hint to the... them regardless because I don't think I don't think Utah will make it. Um... Given the fact that it's number two versus number four, I think they're okay. We'll get to that game in a little bit here, especially with what I think is going to happen in that game. But let's move on. So if Utah's not going, and my other prediction happens. This right here is your fourth and final playoff team. It is number seven, Baylor, number six, Oklahoma, in Cowboys Stadium. Noon, ABC, Big 12 title game. Brandon? 
Uh, I think Oklahoma will win. I think it'll be... I'll talk about this more later. I think it'll be close. But I do think Oklahoma will win. Eric? Jalen Hurts wants to make a statement. Lincoln Riley wants to make a statement. And I think the moment is going to be way too big for Baylor, given that this is their first appearance in the conference title game. So as much as I like the Bears... It's Boomer Sooner again. Make it three for three. I'm picking Oklahoma as well. And unlike Brandon, I don't think this game will be close. I think Oklahoma is going to be out to make a statement. Same. I'm saying right now, uh, Boomer by at least two scores. And when I say two scores, I mean at least 14. If anything, I would lay down. If you're taking Oklahoma and you can tease it to 20, Take a flyer on it. That takes us to 4 o'clock on CBS as number four, Georgia. Number two, LSU in Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta. Man, they're going to have to play back-to-back days on that stadium. That tape is going to be awful for Atlanta and Carolina. Uh, they'll make do, especially yeah. since it's mostly I mean, artificial. And they're used to that by now. I mean, look how often they do this. CBS has the game at 4 o'clock Eastern, Brandon. Oh, I know this. I'm asking for your pick. Oh, okay. Um, While I really, really want Georgia to win, just to screw everything up even more, and just make this a whole big cluster. Uh, I think LSU will probably win. Eric? Same thing like I was saying for Oklahoma. Burrow wants to further solidify going to New York and coming home with a trophy. Ed Orgeron kind of wants to stick it to the rest of the conference for underestimating them. And we all know what happens to Georgia in Atlanta. I'm taking LSU for this one. Which is weird because you would think that it's pretty much a Georgia home game. Now, here's my my question. As a Florida Gator fan, can they both lose? (laughs) Unfortunately, Uh, no. no. Since they abolished ties... For postseason games, which this would kind of be considered as for the 1995 season, no, that cannot happen. I'm sorry. LSU is 12. No, Georgia's 11 and one. Florida finished 10 and two, and these were the two losses. Mm-hmm. He's motherfucker. Anyway. Well, hey, you're gonna like it in Miami. Even better oranges. And we're going to beat the brakes off of another team we're going to talk about here in a few moments. Anyway, uh, LSU wins. I, I just I think they have too many weapons for Georgia to be able to handle. Georgia barely got by Florida. LSU handled Florida a little bit easier. Quality of similar competition tells me that that gives the edge to LSU in this game. Because if you recall, the world the world's largest outdoor cocktail party was decided by seven. LSU beat Florida by 14. And that seven, that was a very late, like, decided within the last couple of minutes. So, 
whereas Florida never really got back within two scores of LSU during the course of that game. I've watched most of it. 42-28 Tigers. The Bayou Bengals win and knock Georgia out of playoff contention. The good news for Georgia, though, the good news for Georgia, though, is there's probably a a sugar bowl on the other end of that rainbow. Yeah, not to mention LSU would really want to make a statement because given the geographics of this year's semifinals, they would love to get that number one seed. A convincing enough win could help. I'm guessing Peach Bowl inside of uh, Atlanta, in Atlanta or or no, wait, are they Sugar Bowl inside of New Orleans? Mm, no, I'm going to double check. I thought I think one of them is the Fiesta Bowl, right? Yeah. So since it's the Fiesta, because it's always orange and cotton, rose and sugar, Fiesta and peach. Mm-hmm. So that would keep LSU in the same building if they were to get back to the number one seed. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen though, because at eight o'clock Eastern on Fox, Ohio State plays Wisconsin. At Lucas Oil in Indianapolis. Brandon? Uh, as much as I would love to see the Badgers knock off the Buckeyes, don't think it'll happen. Ohio State. As much as you would love to take them in Are You Serious? I don't think it'll happen there either. Nope. Nope. Eric? Yeah, this is another one where no matter how many points you lay... Had Wait, we skipped the- one. I know, I'm saving that for last. Oh, okay. Have you seen how this offense is? Have you seen the fact that you've got three guys fighting for one chair at the New York? Come on now. This could be 59 nothing all over again. We, we don't talk chairs on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Different chair that's actually going to be filled with a purpose. Um, I... I think this game will be closer than people think it is. I think Wisconsin made a statement against Minnesota this past week, and they're looking for revenge this week. I don't think they're going to get it, but I think they're looking for it. Yeah, and yeah. what was in what was it when Ohio State beat Wisconsin earlier this year? Uh, not good. Okay then. <laughs> but I think this is a different Wisconsin team than that Wisconsin team too. Plus, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't that game in the OHIO? I believe so. Which means that now they're meeting on a neutral field rather than having 106,000 people cheering for Ohio State. I want to say that game was at Buckeye, State, at, in, uh, Buckeye Stadium, Ohio Stadium, I think it's officially called. Mm-hmm. But I'm picking Ohio State, but I don't think this game is going to be a blowout. I think this will be a – I think it will come close to the line given the fact that the line is 10, but I don't think this game will be a blowout. All right, let's go back to the other game that I skipped over intentionally to save for last. You know how I mentioned to, you know how Eric brought up the fact that there are oranges in Florida future? Mm-hmm. Yeah, odds are we beat the brakes off of Virginia once Clemson does so in the ACC title game. Yeah. Yeah, I don't doubt because 
again, Davo with his remarks saying, like, oh, if they lose, like, a game to South Carolina, they go all the way down to 20, and they find ways to keep us out of the playoff. He wants to avoid a self-fulfilling prophecy at all costs. And the fact that Clemson is routing teams by 40 every week now, they could easily hang. Even with giving Bronco Mendenhall credit, 50, 55, I'm I'm saying this right now. You heard it here first. At least a 30-point spread in this game. At least. And I would still take Clemson. It will not be pretty. Bank of America Stadium, Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, the people in the Carolinas will actually get to see a winning team for once and know how it feels. Maybe Dabo Sweeney could take over the Panthers. Do you really want to start a hardcore border war between those two states? Think carefully. I don't care. It's North and South Carolina. Who needs it? Yeah, I'm only a couple of states away, you know. Thank you very much. (laughs) That officially wraps up our I've got a prediction here. Um... Jason had to get it together, but now I got to find it. So while I find his, Eric, get it together. Yeah, I, I've got another get it together, and as you appropriately called the Southern Fried Kickoff Edition. All right, Jags. I understand a few things. I've been through some good times. I've been through some lean times. Things aren't working right right now. Getting blown out by the 17 every single week. Giving up 200 yards on the ground every single week. I get it. This is crap. But could you, for my sake, for the sake of whatever chaos you're going to do with regular season Dick Nichols, whatever you're going to do. Yes, I said it. It's not Big Dick Nick anymore. He has forfeited that title. 12 turnovers and all these fumbles and everything. No, that is taken away. But for everything that you were going to do to build around the Florida mustache himself, Gardner Minshew, can you please at least get it together for the rest of the season and salvage something? I'll take a 500 record. I'll even take 7-9 and nine at this point. But give me something. I just found Jason's, and it's funny that you mentioned 7-9 and nine because it's a realistic possibility. You know what the saddest part about Stat 79 for Jason is? It might still win the division. Jason's get it together is Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. I shared this stat inside of the uh, the group chat here, and I want to bring it to the podcast because of just how absolutely fucking absurd it is. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. It is week 14. The redacteds are three and nine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and could still win the division. Oh, you know what's better? This would only be the fourth time, as I've mentioned. The other, the other three being the 2008 AFC West, the 2008 NFC West, and the 2014 NFC South. 
Hold on, hold on. Don't tell me. I want to try to guess here. Okay. I'm almost certain the AFC West team was Arizona, or the NFC West team was Arizona. Not quite what mm. I'm thinking, and no, it was not. I know the NFC South team was Carolina at 7-8-1. You're correct. Is, wasn't the it, NFC West team Seattle? Yes, it was. You're absolutely correct. The AFC West at seven and uh, it's what seven and nine. I'm guessing. I'm gonna say the Chargers. Well, it was around there, but not only did those three divisions have those teams, they were the only divisions that failed to produce a ten-win team, and collectively as a division failed to win twenty-five total games. Hmm. This year's NFC East is on pace to do that. Are those the only three times that a an under five hundred team has made the playoffs in a full season, yes. regularly scheduled? Yes. And it's only seven and nine. There has never been a six and ten team. Technically, no, the closest is seven, eight, and one with Carolina. I was just about to say I'm 90% sure Carolina was 7-8-1 that year, and that's actually what gave them the tiebreaker over a 7-9 New Orleans team, I believe. You are also correct. Very good. Every now and then my memory doesn't betray me. All right, so, yeah, his get-it-together specifically to Jerry Jones, but on behalf of all of us on this show, collectively to the NFCs, Get it together before we replace you with the SEC. No. Yes. Well, yeah, okay, then they can actually play some real competition. Some of them do. I mean, Florida played Miami. Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brandon, get it together. My get it together for this week is the J-E-T-S suck, suck, suck. Because they managed to lose to the Dolphins, and as uh, Eric mentioned earlier, they are the only team to ever lose to two... Or, yeah, Harry mentioned it, excuse me. They are the only team to lose to two winless teams in a season. Well done, Jets. Not just two winless teams. Two winless teams that have lost at least seven games already. Um, I think, you know what, I did this to myself, though, Eric. I called it a squid bit. That's that's why he thought it was you. Yeah, you and your damn gimmick infringement. Come up with your own title. <laughs> How dare you quote gimmick infringement at me? He oh, knows I'm sorry. <laughs> he knows more than he's letting on. All right. <laughs> my my get it together is whoever made the schedule at Army. Fun fact. Did you know that if you schedule 13 games, you have to go 7-6? and six? Yeah, that's what Hawaii does. Also, you have to go 7-5 and five if you schedule 12 games, but two of them are against FCS opponents. Well, Hashtag Army, the real squid bit. Well, Army scheduled two FCS teams and then proceeded to lose their seventh game of the season already to, to Hawaii this past Saturday. Really? You can't give the boys in the service academy a break and not let them just play a standard 12-game schedule? You had to schedule them for 13 games and make it so that they had to beat Hawaii and had to beat Navy to qualify? Would it have killed you to drop one of the the FCS teams 
one of them. Well, I mean, to be fair, that game was on the island. And because of all of the travel costs, that's why they had to schedule an extra game. Not to mention, too, the big thing with the, uh, with the game being on the island is it is a nice break for the boys in the military to be able to go out to Hawaii. Yeah, plus it was the second of a home-and-home. Home. Hawaii went to West Point last year. You know who willingly goes to West Point? No one. Hmm. Thank you for your service. We'll talk yeah. more about guys in two weeks when you get ready to play Army in the Army-Navy game on the 4th. Actually, I guess we'll be talking about that next week, won't we? Yep. Yeah, not to mention, wasn't it Army that also beat Navy again to win another sprint football title? I gotta double-check that. Well, I know Army's won the last three in the Army-Navy series, which is a reversal of fortune from how it had been for, like, the previous 15 years. Not to mention Army and Navy are, let's face it, the two sprint football powerhouses. I mean, good lord. We will discuss this game at length next week here on the show. I'm going to fill you guys in in advance. I will tell Jason in the group chat. That is your college football pick next week, and we will be picking that game against the spread. Okay. So regardless of the line on that game, we'll be picking it against the spread. I mean, there's no other games to pick, so it's it's kind of has to be. We will be doing our college football playoff predictions in two weeks, I believe, as the semifinal games are the Saturday after Christmas. Yep, and we will know. Not to mention, Bisco and I have a couple of other topics for college football within the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Eric? Yes? Serious? No. College, college edition. I, I am serious, because everything I said about Georgia, I said for a reason. Things don't go well at the very end for them at Atlanta. However, for most of those games, things do go okay. They just happen to blow leads, and it's leads that they really shouldn't. While I know LSU is the better team, while I know they have the better quarterback, the better personnel, everything, I still give a little bit of a coaching edge to Kirby Smart. While the Bayou Bengals take the trophy and solidify their playoff spot and create a teeny bit of havoc for all of those at the hotel in Grapevine, Texas, Georgia makes at least somewhat of a case, keeps it close. I say Georgia covers the seven. Let me ask you guys a quick question before we give our other predictions here because I'm genuinely curious here. Georgia wins this game. Does LSU get in anywhere? Oh, yeah. I think it depends on the final score. If LSU gets blown out, they don't. One loss. I I think the the SEC championship to a top team. Yeah, and and not to mention the love affair that the committee has for the SEC. Rob Mullins has already said those four, five, and six spots created a lot of debate. So – I think, if anything, Georgia would move up, and I would put LSU. They would probably have LSU at the four. Maybe move Georgia up to two, depending on the other games. 
See, I think LSU, I think Georgia would go no higher than three if they won, because if Ohio State and Clemson win, you can't move them ahead of undefeated Ohio State and undefeated Clemson. Yeah. Fair. So it would Fair. probably be Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, LSU in that order. So, yeah, it would end up being Ohio State versus LSU and Clemson versus Georgia, which would make for an interesting set of semifinals, in my opinion. Indeed. Although a lot of people west of the Mississippi really wouldn't watch, but mm. that's what you get. Well, it's like when, what happens when you get like an all East Coast World Series. Mm-hmm. True. True. Like, let's not forget back in the mid '90s when the World Series were dominated by the Yankees and the Braves. Yep. Ain't nobody. Ain't More nobody. So the Yankees, but whatever. <laughs> as far as the teams involved, Eric, go buy another World Series, why don't you? Anyway, I could say the same. Brain it regardless. All right, so Wait, Eric has me, what? What? We don't have the money to buy World Series. What are you talking about? Did As... back in the mid nineties. Oh wait, you're a Tampa fan. Yeah, he's a Tampa fan. <laughs> Sorry, had a moment. Bad, yeah. bad fandom. It's, yeah. it's what happens. This is what happens when we don't record at our normal times. Things get thrown out of whack. <laughs> exactly. As is, we just uh, ended the deal where we would spend half of the year in Montreal. Which reminds me, I still got to brush up on my uh, Francais Québécois, because I think it's going to come in handy for a few years. But that'll be for our next episode of First Pitch. Let's continue. <laughs> Eric is taking Georgia plus six and a half right now. That number could fluctuate a little bit. But the reason I say that is due to the minimal amount of games on this week's schedule, it is the, it is the team we think most likely to cover. Not necessarily the spread number here because of the minimal schedule here. I think there's only like 11 games on the schedule. This yeah. Time. 11? Who is the 11th? 10. Well, there's also like four FCS games too, but I guess we're not so, counting those. No, those don't eight, count. No. Eight, eight FCS games. I mean, even though they do have the true playoff system. but so. uh, okay, Which that's they're enough. in right now, believe that's it or not. A, that's enough from both of you. <laughs> Jason's pick is Oregon over Utah as well. He has Oregon plus six and a half. And I think he actually picks Oregon straight up as well. I'm, I'm noticing a little bit of sharp money is coming in to bet these games off of key numbers. That's going to be interesting in the lead up, especially out West. I'm actually really looking forward to this game tomorrow night. I, I think it'll be a good game. I mm-hmm. think that I think that Oregon is going to be pissed off that they let their opportunity slip away when they lost to Sparky and Herm Edwards. I think Utah's going to be out to make a statement in order to try to keep that final spot. But Oregon knows that this is basically their playoff game now with the loss that they had to Arizona State. This is their opportunity to stick it to a conference rival and keep them out of the opportunity that the Oregon feels should have been theirs. I'm not going to be surprised at all when Oregon wins this game on Friday. Brandon, college. My, my are you serious this week is I'm taking Baylor over Oklahoma plus nine. Uh, the game that they had just a few weeks ago was only a three-point differential, so I think that this game will be a lot closer than a lot of people are thinking. You In- do realize Baylor pulled an Atlanta Falcons, right? Yes, I know, I know this. Okay. So technically speaking, that three-point difference was actually a 28-point difference? Yeah. 
in the second half? Mm-hmm. Do, does it some... matter as long as the final score is uh, what it is? Yeah, and look at what the final score was. I mean, you honestly think you heard it enough from Patriots fans when they put up 28-3 to signs? You can make them a lot faster in Oklahoma. I mean, there's not much else to do in Oklahoma. Especially if you're not related. But that's another story. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay, so you asked me earlier what the score of the Ohio State-Wisconsin game was. 38-7. to yeah, I just looked it up. It was 38-7. to seven. Um, Other interesting note is that game was at the Horseshoe in Columbus, Ohio. They are meeting on a neutral field this time. Minnesota or Wisconsin has all of the momentum coming into this game, coming off of demolishing Minnesota in what was a must-win game for them in the Big Ten West Championship game. I mean, that's basically what it amounted to. It was the Big Ten West Championship game. It was, yeah. Are they going to beat Ohio State on Saturday? Absolutely not. Are they going to get blown out by Ohio State like they did earlier in the season? Absolutely not. Has this game bitten me in the ass once already this year? Absolutely. Revenge, thy name is Broadhurst. Wisconsin covers 16 and a half against Ohio State. I actually did lose this game earlier in the season, too. That's one of the main reasons I picked it. Because so... when... <laughs> uh, what I'm telling you, Eric, is that nobody circles the wagons. I, I'm about to say, you're really doubling down on this. Okay. Speaking, speaking of circling the wagons... Segway! Jason's NFL prediction is Buffalo plus five and a half against Baltimore. Oh, I love my I love my Bills. I'd love for us to keep this game close. But the last two time the last time we played them, the final score was forty-seven to three. To say that I am not optimistic about this game is a gross understatement. In the words of Lamar Jackson on Gridiron Heights, there can be only one purple team. Well, technically we're blue, we're red, we're red, white, and blue. We're America's yeah, team. I know. <laughs> that was a specific shot at the Cowboys after we beat them on Thanksgiving, well, by well, the way. You, you could segue that to me. I can? Okay, yes. fine. I will. Segue. Oh, yes, it is because of your pick with uh, related to Dallas. That is right. Yeah. Segway. Brandon? Yeah. Um, I'm taking the Bears to beat the Cowboys. In uh, Soldier Field, plus three. That is the Thursday night football game, and we'll be kicking off in approximately five hours and 25 minutes. Yep. To give you guys a frame of reference as to when we're recording this. Are any of you guys busy tonight? Oh, I've got one tutoring session that would be right around halftime and through the second half. Hmm. Um, Brandon, what you watching the game tonight, Brandon? Yeah, of course. If I could, well, I think he might have work. If you guys aren't, if you guys aren't up to anything, if you want to do like some running commentary for the game, I'm down. Yeah, I think Jason would still have to work. Yeah, though. we'll we'll talk about that more later. 
I feel like we might have to try to work that in for one of the playoff games, like the kickoff presents postseason, mm. especially if especially if the Bills actually do get in and don't manage to choke away this <laughs> wild card. Though I have a funny feeling, I have a funny feeling if Buffalo gets in, we're gonna end up the ESPN game because Oh, well, it, well, it really depends on who the Bills would wind up playing. Mm-hmm. Say, for example, if they play the Texans or the Colts. And I mean, let's be real. You know your history of the playoffs on the road against AFC South teams. See, I also know our history against the Colts in the postseason as well. I will remind you of two simple words. He's in Indianapolis right now as their coach, actually. Frank Wright. That wasn't against the Colts. It was against the Texans, wasn't it? No, it was against the Oilers, who are now the Titans. But still an AFC South team. True. Could have sworn it was the Colts, regardless. Maybe it's that. Maybe that's the juju we need. We have to play Frank Wright in order to beat them. <laughs> Go Colts! Win the South. <laughs> all right, all right, Eric. Give me your pick for Are You Serious NFL Edition. I almost okay. said. Okay, you know that stat that you kept bringing up about the Bengals, right? The Owen eleven, Owen twelve thing. Well, yeah, how they. Were 0 and 11, and now they're 1 and 11, right? Yes. You know how you keep bringing up Ohio, right? Well, I mean, I kind of have to. I live there. <laughs> Guess what's going on on Sunday? Browns Bengals. The NFL Buckeye Brawl. In this year's battle between two heavily dysfunctional teams, I think that it's right for the picking for the Bengals to turn an 11-game losing streak into a two-game win streak. Bengals plus eight and a half, and it wouldn't shock me whatsoever if Cincinnati won straight up. I'm seeing seven and a half. I'm about to pull it up right now. I don't have the number in front of me. It was eight and a half when I picked it. I'm telling you, money's coming in in my favor. This is a sign. <laughs> I'm hold on. I'm I'm not there yet. Give me a second. ESPN is being slow. No, this goes right. It is bet down to seven and a half. I'm liking this already. <laughs> my number. As I wrap things up here, it changed. Nope, it's still the same. So, Jason picked a five and a half game in Buffalo and Miami, or Buffalo and Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to the AFC East. J E T. Dolphins are going to put it on the Jets again. The Jets are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Mm-hmm. The Where Jets is this game? In New in, York. In, well, Jersey. That's, oh, that's why. Yeah, so technically on a, new, on a neutral field, though, that still means that the Jets would be two-point favorites, which is bullshit. The Miami Dolphins knocked the New York Jets into the cellar in the AFC East. 
beating them straight up in MetLife. And completing a season sweep. <laughs> the I'm Dolphins get revenge on their former coach. I'm calling it now. Adam Gase is getting fired. He just can't catch a break, can he? Jets front office, they would be the ones to really do an about face. For the second year in a row, Adam Gase is getting fired. Darno's got mono, and the Jets have no chance. (laughs) (sighs) You mentioned the fact that the uh, the the NFC... East might not win 25 games. Mm-hmm. AFC East might not win 30, and that's with two teams that are going to have more than 10. Yeah, that's with well, two teams that will make the playoffs. Yeah. Speaking of dumpster fire divisions, at least the AFC South has gotten their shit together. Well, I'm mm, Let's not be so hasty to proclaim that, Harry. I've seen way too much. Correct me if I'm wrong. Houston's eight and four, correct? Yes. And then Tennessee seven and five. Mm-hmm. Is Indianapolis seven and five or six? Uh, Indy six, six and six. six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the, the the Jaguars are what the Jaguars are. Exactly. Right. We're four and eight. I'm. I gotta say it. That's why I say he is regular season dick foals. So wait, eight. 15, 21. You guys are at 25 already as a division. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. That's the, an average the, of six wins each. The the West is the best because they have 30. And the NFC West has well, yeah, 30 wins already. Yeah, that's a pair of 10 teams in that division. Seattle and San Francisco were both 10 and 2. Yep. And even then, the Rams are 7 and 5. And Arizona's... 3 yeah. and 8. 3 and 1. Technically speaking, fun fact here, we, we talked about which NFC which team was most likely to blow a division lead. The Niners already have. As of right now, if the, if the playoffs were to start today, Seattle would win the NFC West based on their head-to-head victory. So much for that 8-0 start. Fun fact, too. I'm actually really looking to forward to the Sunday night game this week. It's, it's a, this Sunday night game is a banger this week. Damn it, I had to. That, that was not fair. <laughs> not fair. No, Eric, not you do fair. not get a banger. Eric might have a banger this weekend, too, but that's neither here nor there. All right. I that... was talking about that. <laughs> I think I just figured out where you're going with that. Yes, that's why I was like, oh, I wanted to so bad. <laughs> Regardless, the Sunday night game, for those wondering, is Seattle and the Rams. And if the Rams have any chance of making the postseason, this is a must-have for them, especially oh, definitely. at home. Definitely. Fun fact. Game of the week, obviously, Chiefs and Patriots. Mm-hmm. Disadvantage of living in a mixed market. I do not get the game. <laughs> um, what is that? The the four o'clock game? That's the four twenty five on CBS. Oh, okay. Nance and Rome. Yes, I do get that game. I wouldn't be getting that game myself. 
because the Chargers are in town and for some reason that's a four o'clock game. But I've got a red zone, so the point is moot. Um, that Chargers and Jacksonville game got moved to Fox. Still moot. What are you blacked out? Well, no, it wouldn't necessarily be blacked out, but I would really doubt that even with down here, they wouldn't have those two games going on head to head. So since that game would be on Fox, we wouldn't get the CBS. You you do that rule has changed this year. Really? Yeah. I yeah. thought they lifted I thought they lifted the blackout rule. Yeah, they've lifted that. Not every week, but most weeks teams can choose to lift it. And let's be honest, who wants to watch a pair of four and eight teams when the Chiefs and the Patriots are fighting for postseason positioning? This is exactly why I would say they wouldn't show that. But if that's the case, then you have a point. Besides, everybody's just gonna be drunk at the stadium anyways. Mm-hmm. Due to due to the split nature of my market, Cleveland plays at one o'clock. Pittsburgh plays at four twenty-five. We get both games up here. Yep. Thanks, mm-hmm. Anna. Appreciate it. Well, hey, I mean, blame the folks at Canton. I mean, you're not far from there, anyways. Uh, damn split market. I think that wraps us up. Yep. Um, Jason would tell you to fuck off, and then say that you can find him on Twitter at Turkaglue eight twenty two. Don't ask me how to spell that. I don't know. T-U-R-K-O-G-L-U-822. Although I was going to say, if you search for Jason Teasley on Twitter or Facebook, you can find him there. Hmm. Eric, where can people find you online? Uh, you can, when I'm not trolling the really depths of the seediness, you can find me on Twitter at Squid Sportshead. I'm starting to do some more things on there. Don't even bother with Facebook because Zuckerberg can kiss my black ass. But if you are cool enough and are willing to go through a very stringent screening process, slide into my DMs on that Squid Sports Head, and you might find yourself with access to my dark Twitter. Premium Twitter and Snapchat coming soon. <laughs> uh, no, the way Snapchat's going, Telegram is where it's really at. He is more hip than the other three of us combined. Yeah, he Brandon. Is. They can find me on Twitter at Bisco underscore Gotham SN and on Facebook. Just find me. HEB the Eagle on Twitter, HEB the Eagle on Facebook, HEB the Eagle at Yahoo on email. Yes, I have that name pretty much trademarked. <laughs> um, always willing to talk sports, wrestling. Despite what Jason says, I do talk AEW, especially when I actually have a chance to watch the show. I have not watched this week's episode yet. I'm about to once we get done here. But I did watch NXT live, so, you know. NXT. 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 Not damn a great it. NXT. Not damn a great NXT. What? Damn it. Damn NXT, Homer. I thought I thought something happened to the show. I was going to be like, "No, <laughs> over again." I believe that wraps it up for us. Yep. Um, Eric, do you have anybody specific at the end of the show you want to give a shout out to for the finish? Yes, as a matter of fact, I do. A very lovely lady who I am hopefully trying to convince to join our little cavalcade on our network. Andre Frisk, A-N-D-R-E-A-F-R-I-S-K, Twitter, Instagram, P. 
Periscope. You will be highly entertained. And if you so desire, OnlyFans.com slash GothBabe93. Viewer discretion is advised. You're but damn right it is. So it will be completely ignored. I'm watching In Your House 6, Rage in the Cage, and it's the one that opens with Sonny in the bikini on the beach. Oh, God. America. 1996 Sonny was America. That's all I'm saying. I still think Kimberly was hotter, but still. All right, that wraps us up for the absent Jason Teasley, Eric Watkins, and Brandon Biscabing. I'm Harry Broadhurst. You have been listening to episode 13 of season three of The Kickoff here on the W2M Network. You can find us online at w2mnet.com, youtube.com backslash W2M Network. And on all of your favorite podcast listening services, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox. Hey, Brandon, guess what? Spotify is here. And Manny Diaz is a dick. Hmm. There was someone else that I had in mind, but I might reconcile things with her. So that works for me. (laughs) Let's not burn bridges. Let's instead cook the podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you guys next week for the Army-Navy episode as well as week 15 of the NFL season. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.